Welcome to Rebecca Reads. Today's story is The Golden Goose. This is one of the stories gathered by the Brothers Grimm for their collection of children's and household tales. We have talked about the Grimm brothers before, so today I want to introduce this story by asking you a question. Why did people tell these stories in the first place? Jacob and Wilhelm Grimm didn't write these stories. They went out and collected them from people. All these stories were being told in families, like your parents tell you stories, around campfires, by professional storytellers, and many other places, and in many different ways. I want you to think about why. Why do we tell stories? For me, one thing these stories did back then was teach children and people values or lessons to learn about the world around them. For example, in Little Red Riding Hood, a story I'm sure most of you are familiar with, it can teach you that the forest is dangerous. There are animals in there that mean you harm. So stay on the path and don't stop for anything. Also, don't trust strangers. As you listen to the story of the golden goose, think about what lesson this story is trying to teach you. Don't forget to stay after the story for this week's poem. Now for the golden goose. There was once a man who had three sons. The youngest of them was called Dullhead and was sneered and jeered at and snubbed on every possible opportunity. One day, it happened that the eldest son wished to go into the forest to cut wood, and before he started, his mother gave him a fine, rich cake and a bottle of wine, so that he might be sure not to suffer from hunger or thirst. When he reached the forest, he met a little gray man who wished him good morning and said, "'Do give me a piece of that cake you have got in your pocket, and let me have a draught of your wine. I am so hungry and thirsty.' But this clever son replied, If I give you any of my cake and wine, I shall have none left for myself. You just go your own way. And he left the little man standing there and went further on into the forest. There he began to cut down a tree. But before long, he made a false stroke with his axe and cut his own arm so badly that he was obliged to go home and have it bound up. Then the second son went to the forest, and his mother gave him a good cake and a bottle of wine as she had to his elder brother. He too met with a little old gray man, who begged him for a morsel of cake and a draught of wine. But the second son spoke most sensibly too, and said, "'Whatever I have to give you, I deprive myself of. Just go your own way, will you?' Not long after his punishment overtook him, for no sooner had he struck a couple of blows on a tree with his axe than he cut his leg so badly that he had to be carried home. So then Dullhead said, Father, let me go out and cut wood. But his father answered, Both your brothers have injured themselves. You had better leave it alone. You know nothing about it. But Dullhead begged so hard to be allowed to go that at last his father said, Very well then, go. Perhaps when you have hurt yourself, you may learn to know better. His mother only gave him a very plain cake made with water and baked in the cinders and a bottle of sour beer. When he got to the forest, he too met the little gray old man who greeted him and said, Give me a piece of your cake and a draught from your bottle. I am so hungry and thirsty. And Dullhead replied, I've only got a cinder cake and some sour beer, but if you care to have that, let's sit down and eat. So they sat down, and when Dullhead brought out his cake, he found it had turned into a fine, rich cake, and the sour beer into excellent wine. Then they ate and drank, and when they had finished, the little man said, 
now I will bring you luck because you have a kind heart and are willing to share what you have with others. There stands an old tree. Cut it down and amongst its roots you'll find something. With that, the little man took leave. Then Dullhead fell to at once to hew down the tree, and when it fell, he found amongst its roots a goose, whose feathers were all of pure gold. He lifted it out, carried it off, and took it with him to an inn where he meant to spend the night. Now the landlord of the inn had three daughters, and when they saw the goose, they were filled with curiosity as to what this wonderful bird could be, and each longed to have one of its golden feathers. The eldest thought to herself, no doubt I shall soon find a good opportunity to pluck out one of its feathers. And the first time Dullhead happened to leave the room, she caught hold of the goose by its wing. But, lo and behold, her fingers seemed to stick fast to the goose, and she could not take her hand away. Soon after, the second daughter came in and thought to pluck a golden feather for herself, too. But hardly had she touched her sister than she stuck fast as well. At last the third sister came with the same intentions, but the other two cried out, Keep off! For heaven's sakes, keep off! The younger sister could not imagine why she was to keep off, and thought to herself, If they are both there, why should I not be there too? So she sprang to them, but no sooner had she touched one of them than she stuck fast to her. So they all three had to spend the night with the goose. Next morning, Dullhead tucked the goose under his arm and went off, without in the least troubling himself about the three girls who were hanging on to it. They just had to run after him, right or left, as best they could. In the middle of a field, they met the parson, and when he saw this procession, he cried, For shame, you bold girls! What do you mean by running after young fellow through the fields like that? Do you call that proper behavior? And with that, he caught the youngest girl by the hand to try and draw her away. But directly he touched her, he hung on himself and had to run along with the rest of them. Not long after, the clerk came that way and was much surprised to see the parson following the footsteps of three girls. Why, where is your reverence going so fast? cried he. Don't forget there is to be a christening today. And he ran after him, caught him by the sleeve, and hung on to it himself. As the five of them trotted along in this fashion, one after the other, two peasants were coming from their work with their hoes. On seeing them, the parson called out and begged them to come and rescue him and the clerk. But no sooner did they touch the clerk than they stuck on too, and so there were seven of them running after Dullhead and his goose. After a time, they all came to a town where a king reigned, whose daughter was so serious and solemn that no one could ever manage to make her laugh. So the king had decreed that whoever should succeed in making her laugh should marry her. When Dullhead heard this, he marched before the princess with his goose and its appendages, and as soon as she saw these seven people continually running after each other, she burst out laughing and could not stop herself. Then Dullhead claimed her as his bride, but the king, who did not much fancy him as a son-in-law, made all sorts of objections and told him he must first find a man who could drink up a whole cellar full of wine. Dullhead bethought him of the little gray man, who could, he felt sure, help him. So he went off to the forest, and on the very spot where he had cut down the tree, he saw a man sitting with a most dismal expression of face. Dullhead asked him what he was taking so much to heart, and the man answered, I don't know how I am ever to quench this terrible thirst I am suffering from. Cold water doesn't suit me at all. 
To be sure, I've emptied a whole barrel of wine, but what is one drop on a hot stone? I think I can help you, said Dullhead. Come with me, and you shall drink to your heart's content. So he took him to the king's cellar, and the man sat down before the huge casks and drank and drank till he drank up the whole contents of the cellar before the day closed. Then Dullhead asked once more for his bride, but the king felt vexed at the idea of a stupid fellow whom people called Dullhead carrying off his daughter, and he began to make fresh conditions. He required Dullhead to find a man who could eat a mountain of bread. Dullhead did not wait to consider long, but went straight off to the forest, and there on the same spot sat a man who was drawing in a strap as tight as he could round his body, and making a most woeful face the while. Said he, I've eaten up a whole oven full of loaves, but what's the good of that to anyone who is as hungry as I am? I declare my stomach feels quite empty, and I must draw my belt tight if I'm not to die of starvation. Dullhead was delighted and said, Get up and come with me, and you shall have plenty to eat. And he brought him to the king's court. Now the king had given orders to have all the flour in his kingdom brought together and to have a huge mountain baked of it. But the man from the wood just took up his stand before the mountain and began to eat, and in one day it had all vanished. For the third time, Dullhead asked for his bride, but again the king tried to make some evasion and demanded a ship, which could sail on land or water. When you come sailing in such a ship, said he, you shall have my daughter without further delay. Again, Dullhead started off to the forest, and there he found the little old gray man with whom he had shared his cake, and who said, I have eaten and I have drunk for you, and now I will give you the ship. I have done all this for you because you were kind and merciful to me. Then he gave Dullhead a ship which could sail on land or water, and when the king saw it, he felt he could no longer refuse him his daughter. So they celebrated the wedding with great rejoicings, and after the king's death, Dullhead succeeded to the kingdom and lived happily with his wife for many years after. Thank you for listening to The Golden Goose. Did you think the story was a little silly? Do you think Dullhead was actually dull, which means slow or stupid, or was he actually smart? Do you think the king was being unfair to Dullhead? What lesson do you think this story was trying to teach? Today's poem is Good and Bad Children by Robert Louis Stevenson. It reads, Children, you are very little, and your bones are very brittle. If you would grow great and stately, you must try to walk sedately. You must still be bright and quiet and content with simple diet, and remain, though all bewildering, innocent and honest children. Happy hearts and happy faces, happy play in grassy places, that was how, in ancient ages, children grew to kings and sages. But the unkind and the unruly and the sort who eat unduly, they must never hope for glory. Theirs is quite a different story. Cruel children, crying babies, all grow up as geese and gabies, hated as their age increases by their nephews and their nieces. And that is another episode of Rebecca Reads. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave me a five-star review. It helps other people to find me. Also, make sure you are subscribed so you don't miss a single episode. Keep reading and join me next week for another episode of Rebecca Reads.